Life can get pretty complicated. In the Simply Practically Human podcast, Mark LeBusque talks to incredible humans to see the way forward more clearly through the complexity in the world and in our heads. Let's get ready to thrive. Hey, g'day there, fellow humans. Mark LeBusque here for another episode of the Simply Practically Human podcast, Friday 4S version. I wanted today to talk about a real life experience just to kick us off that I had last week because I just think it is something that it was a privilege for me and it's certainly given me another insight into the world that others have grown up in and lived in that I didn't know as much about as I as I should have. So I was very lucky last week to to travel to Perth and work with the Bentac, which is the Aboriginal cooperative that looks after native title. So the Bunjiman Native Title Aboriginal Corporation, based out of the Pilbara in northern Western Australia, about 1,700 kilometres from Perth. And the idea was to go across and just have some conversations about how they could work together more effectively as a team, how they could work together more effectively with their executive and how they could work more effectively with their community and with their members. What actually happened on the first day, though, that I got there, I was allowed to come into the room and and sit and listen to some conversations that involved a couple of elders who had just recently left the board. And it was just so inspiring. It was incredibly emotional. The goosebumps just didn't go away. I was listening to human beings truly show how to walk their talk on the importance of connection, the importance of connection to each other, to family, to their culture, to their country, the importance of feeling a sense of belonging. And I think the biggest thing I got out of it was the importance of what I guess we call in the in the Western world succession planning, and I guess what I heard the passing down of law, L O R E, and culture, and knowledge to coming generations. A couple of things really stuck out for me, and I think there's some real learnings here for anyone in the in the world of work. Was that there is a a real desire to share knowledge, so that that knowledge lives through generations, and we're talking about a group here, a group that has been in existence, I think could predate back to 40,000 years ago and continuing to pass on that knowledge. So those custodians of that knowledge, what they're not doing is hanging on to it and taking it with them to their final resting place. Knowledge isn't about power. Knowledge is about preserving the culture and the connection and the belonging of the people on that country. So to sit there and hear that, I'd done a lot of reading about it beforehand um, over the last couple of years, but to actually witness it firsthand in a room was an incredible experience. And as was the second day as well, where I got to work with a group of really, really well-intentioned, well-motivated, good human beings who, who want to achieve things that will benefit their community, will benefit their members, benefit their country. and. I just wanted to share that because I think there are times when I can just go through my work and think, 
oh, yeah, that was pretty cool. That went well. I really enjoyed that. And then there's an elevation of that. And I think the elevation was around the P word, which is purpose, the real purpose behind this work and the knock-on effect of doing this work and and helping these amazing human beings to perhaps incorporate some other ideas into their own leadership in order to be better. So I just want to pose the question to you. I was thinking to myself, am I just going through the motions at some times? And is there some other work I should be focusing on that will create the sort of feeling that I had? Not that I don't love the work I get to do, but this was at another level. So what's the work you're doing today that is a little bit going through the motions? And then what's potentially that work you could be doing that really elevates you around purpose and and how do you get involved with that? I had been thinking two or three years ago, I'd love to get into this space. And um, you know, by chance, and I'm not going to say by good luck, because it was from a facilitation session I ran last year where someone in that room who was affiliated with this group had asked me if I'd be interested in working in this space because he liked the way I went about what I did and he thought there was a great alignment. And um, to Richard, who, who arranged that, I want to say thank you. And I'm looking forward to doing more of that work. So perhaps we should all be looking for that type of work. Now I want to talk a little bit about the idea of persistence and what is it that stops us from persisting and gets us to a point of perhaps giving up, maybe giving up just before we crack things or we break through. And I want to use a real life story here to illustrate that if you persist with something, whether it's a project, a work, whether it's an idea, a concept, some sort of passion you have some that, that aligns to a purpose that it's just worthwhile if you keep persisting. And this story that I'm going to share is is really about something that I've persisted on now for close to 13 years. So back in my days of managing a, a solution sales team of really bloody good human beings back in the, around 2011, 2012, I decided that in order for these human beings to get the very best out of themselves, that we should look a little bit radically at the way that we're rewarding them and disrupt the usual rewards, which are usually work-based, KPI-related, and they can be also very subjective around some key organisational values. And I've just always thought that we're not looking at the whole human being here. We're not looking at anything past their output in the workplace to measure their success, which means then they focus all of their efforts in the workplace and they start to miss out on some other things like time for self, time for their family, time in community, their sleep time. They're what I call I don't know time. And I just don't think that's fair. One of the things the pandemic has done for people has got them to look a bit broader at the human being, but I was looking broadly at the human being back in 2011, 2012. So I put the challenge to my team to have a bit of a quick snapshot of what their life looks like. If they thought of their 168 hours, what it looks like across self-time, sleep time, family time, community time, work time, both paid work and unpaid work, and I don't know time, that sort of idle time where you don't know. And I think it was a bit confronting for people because they couldn't quite work it out. I only gave them 60 seconds to work it out. And I think that shows that we just get so caught on the hamster wheel that we don't know what we're doing. I then challenged them to think about 12 months ahead, do the same activity 
what would you like to change and why and what do you fear about that change? So we had a conversation around that and I explained to them that what I wanted to do was then take it a step further and get them to have a closer look at this over a couple of weeks, see if they can get a real sense of their perception of how their time's being used versus actual and, and, and no surprise there was a big discrepancy there. It seemed to be that their time was very, very highly skewed into the workplace, very little time for self. Depending upon their life situation, family time was usually not great either. Sleep wasn't good. Some had a little community time, depending again on the phase of their life, and others had none at all. And quite a few of them had a lot of I don't know time. So what the hell was I doing? So over two weeks, they did that activity. And then at the end of it, And this is where I wanted to go into the belief that if we could change the way we rewarded our people that could focus also not just on their work output, but some life goals, that we could see an improvement across all of their life, all of those aspects. So here's what I did. I asked them or invited them to set a goal for themselves, for their family and for their community. And I was in the fortunate position at the time. Now, you don't have to be in this. I think we could, I think you can find ways to do this, but I was in the fortunate position that they had some at risk bonus. So I put 15% of that bonus against their non work related goals. So let me just repeat that again. This is like 11, 12 years ago. 15% of their at risk bonus could be achieved by achieving a goal related to yourself, to your family, and to your community. Now, it was an interesting response. Some people were all for it. Others were in the middle and like, we'll see what happens. And then others were a little bit reluctant saying, what's the point behind this? What are you trying to do? What are you trying to find out? So there will be a little bit of skepticism, but if you just continue to believe in something and persist with it, at a point in time, you'll get people across the line. The ones I had trouble getting across the line, of course, and I understand why, was our friends in the HR department. I remember calling them up and saying, this is what I'm going to do. And there was a bit of stunned silence on the end of the phone. I think we need to meet with you and have a chat about it. And that's not what we do around here. That's not policy. We don't have a process. It was all of the usual bullshit that says, we're always saying we want to find better ways to wellness and and fairer ways for people to get better work-life balance, which is a bullshit term. I call it life design. But then when someone comes up with a disruption to the norm, all of a sudden we go and hide behind the latest process. Clause 16A, part two, says that's not what we do around here or we've never done that before. So what it come down to was that I was actually told the reason we couldn't do it, after persisting and persisting and then saying the reason we can't do it is there's nowhere in the, in the performance review online system that we can capture this. And I said, well, there is. There's an area called other and we'll put the goals in other. So we did, and we tracked them, and we paired each of the people up with a balanced buddy, and just like they checked in on their work-related goals and their their tracking to that, they also, with their balanced buddy, kept each other accountable on their non-work-related goals. We met, we talked about them, and over time, people achieved their non-work-related goals, and I truly believe as a result, they got exceptional goals related to their work, to to their sales, to the jobs that they were doing. 
In fact, just one example over two years for one of the, the members of the team, they reduced their face-to-face work hours by 22 and a half hours per week, hit their targets by 275 and 427% over those two years, and achieved their goals, which were related to family, as in a walk on the beach with a partner. Self-goal was around reducing a golf handicap. And a community goal was to speak at a local school about leadership. 5%, 5%, 5%, 15% for, for serving themselves, serving their family, serving others, and smashing their work-related targets. So there's got to be something in that. So roll it forward to me in the last eight or nine years, sharing this story with thousands and thousands of people and noticing how excited they get about it for a period of time, and then almost resigning himself to the fact that this will never happen because that's not what we do around here. That's not the way we do things. It'll set a precedent. And you sort of hear all this stuff, and but you persist, and you keep telling the story, and you keep telling the story, and you get knocked on your ass every now and again because someone comes up with, that's absurd, what were you thinking? There's legal ramifications, like all the usual bullshit that, that I hear. And I guess there were five things that come to mind for me now if I look back on the time of the last eight to nine years where even though people were excited, I'm going to say the door was continually slammed in my face until 2023. And just recently, I had the privilege of working with one of my clients who their CEO had heard this story and their CEO was a believer in truly humanizing workplaces and finding a way to incorporate life design into some measurements of success. And and I think one of the things they did exceptionally well is they allowed it to go to debate in their business and they debated the pros and they debated the cons. And what they came up with, which I think was a exceptionally clever way to do it is they've made it optional. So there's an option now for their employees to participate in allocating a percentage of their at-risk bonus to non-work-related goals because this organisation believes that if you allow the true human, the whole human to turn up in the workplace and you support them and you encourage them, you don't make them feel guilty that this will have very, very positive impact for them. So what are the five things that I've learned that I think for anyone who has ever had an idea about disrupting something, but has also at times started to get a bit shaky in their belief and then ultimately lose that willingness to persist, I'd offer this. The first one is no matter how long it takes, never give up. And even if you get knocked on your ass every now and again, even if there are detractors, that it's important to keep going. The second one is be really clear about why this is important. And I can say at times, I because of the passion I had for it, I think that the passion was overtaking some more of the logic behind it and the data that sat in there as well. So just be really clear about why. Don't just look at it's a great idea and it's going to help here and that, but just 
share some data that will show people why this thing can work. Number three is listen to the detractors because the detractors may just open up your mind to something that you've missed. And whilst you could say, I'm not, I don't want to talk to them because they, they knock my confidence around, they knock my self-esteem around, and then they stop me from persisting and keeping at this, I think there's some great things that you can learn from them that you may have missed along the way when you're just building the case for it. You haven't thought about the case against. The fourth one is hold your nerve. And I say these words all the time. In fact, every day I would share those words with at least one client or just a colleague or someone I speak to is if you are going to truly disrupt, you can't think that it's going to happen overnight. And I think that's part of the reason why people don't persist is that we live in this fucking world where it's got to be fast and it's got to happen tomorrow. And and if it doesn't happen tomorrow, we go on to the next thing and we just don't stand there and we don't persist. If we get rejected, we sit down, we suck a bit, we give up, and we don't play the longer game. And if you think about, you know, one of the classics I can think about, I know reading the story about J.K. Rowling, that she continued to persist around that uh, little concept, little book that seriously put out called Harry Potter. And she kept persisting and kept persisting. She got rejected. There's many, many stories about that, people getting close to giving up. And usually when they're at their closest to giving up is when they're at their closest to also breaking through. So hold your nerve and never give up. And then the last one is to celebrate it. And this is, I guess, what I'm doing on this podcast is I'm blowing a bit of smoke out my own ass, but I'm also celebrating the win. And the win being that from a concept and an experiment that I ran 11 or 12 years ago and have been talking about now to thousands of people for that period of time, it has taken that long for someone to adopt it. Now. I could have sucked up, taken my bat and ball and gone home, but I believe in this. I believe strongly that life design is the way to go in the workplace and for organizations to get past the, it's the way we've always done it here in the process and the precedent and the risk and all those things and look at it from the other side and say, what about the opportunity? So what's your opportunity right now? What's something that you're working on that maybe you're about to give up because you've been persisting for a while? Maybe you've only been persisting for a short period of time, but you just think that that's too long. And someone's saying to you, you know, let it go. It's not going to happen. Just let it go. Well, I think you've got to go back to that thing and reinvigorate it and just tell yourself that it is worth persisting because things that disrupt take time and things that disrupt will create for you a list of enemies and detractors, but it's worth doing it. I know that myself because I've done it and now I am delighted to see an organization with the courage and the foresight and the will to actually walk their talk. So what is that thing for you that you need to persist with it could be in the workplace. It could be outside the workplace. It could be something you're about to give up on. I know people who work in this space I'm in, when they start out, they're like, yes, it's hard. And I don't know if I'm going to make it. And I'm saying, just hang in there, hold your nerve, persist, believe in the thing you're doing. And when you have little wins, celebrate them. So there you go. I hope this was useful for you. If you loved it, rate it five stars. Give us a little note. 
little bit of a feedback on what you loved about it. And if you liked it, share it with your friends. Share it with people who you know who at times just haven't persisted for as long as they should. And they've missed out on a great opportunity to make a change that's not only good for them, but good for others as well. But until next time, keep it simple, keep it practical, and keep it human. Bye for now.